Hey everyone, Robert Nixon here with Aaron Robertson of Elitis Investment Council. Aaron is a member of Toastmasters with me. He's a, he's a good speaker, so I thought he'd be a good person to do. He's done a couple speeches and he definitely outdoes me in the Toastmasters uh, aspect of it. So he's kind of uh, inspirational to me. I got to get some speeches under my belt and practice a little more. I just don't have the time. Um, do you want to introduce yourself, Aaron? Yes, uh, that's a lot of pressure. I'm new to Toastmasters, so, but that's the point. We're getting better at it. We get better together. I am Aaron Robertson. I work for Elitis Investment Council. I have been a Campbell River boy for about geez, 20 years now, maybe. So I moved here with my family when I was, when I was 12. My dad's in the uh, forest industry, so we moved around a little bit. But I certainly consider Campbell River my hometown, and now I have... A uh, beautiful wife and two wonderful boys that we are raising in Campbell River. Awesome. Is your, sorry, where'd you come from? I lived prior to Campbell River, lived in uh, Ucluet for about five years, and then I was born in uh, Williams Lake. Nice. Yeah, and your wife's from here? My wife is from here, yes. Forever. So she yeah. sucked you in. Uh, well, <laughs> no way you met her here. I yeah, I met her here. So this is a yeah, good, good, good place to raise a family, that's for sure. Yeah, it's nice here. So we're going to ask Aaron a few questions about uh, his job and learn a little bit about it. Or career, job career. Um, how long have you been an associate? So you're an associate portfolio manager for Elitis. How long have you been one for? Yes, that's correct. I've been an associate portfolio manager for about uh, two years now. I'll probably answer a couple of questions within this here. <laughs> but so what the associate portfolio manager is, that's basically what the license is. And as a firm, right. we there's a lot of kind of duplication, a lot of confusion out there in the financial industry on who's what, what licenses do they have. Mm -hmm. So us as a firm, we thought, well, let's just call our positions, what are licenses to try to limit that confusion as much as possible. Oh yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. yeah, it's kind of like us, we're yeah. real estate agents, or yeah. professionals. or Exactly, right? <laughs> so there's there's certainly some duplication, but that hopefully that adds some clarity. There's still... You know, for clients, there's, they still have to do a little bit of research to understand what that designation is. But um, but hopefully, we have some clarity in that in that aspect of it. Yeah, for sure. So that was my second question. Uh, what made you decide to become a perf associate portfolio manager? So really, that um, that was a result of, of coming over to Elitis from a previous employment. <clears throat> and that was just how they were registered and how they were licensed. So it required me to take a couple more courses, uh, get a, uh, some more experience under my belt, and then you're, you're granted that, that license. Once so you when you went over to Elitis? Yeah, so I didn't have it at that point. So I had to take a few more courses, uh, get a few more accreditations uh, beside my name, and get some ex a little bit more experience with dealing with portfolio management. Right, so it was a step up, obviously, in, in your career of yeah. doing this. Sorry, backing up a bit. So what... What exactly does that entail then? Like the, the portfolio management, does it, is it, it's pretty broad, obviously. Yeah, what it's, is it's relative, so, so my role, so that you'll hear things, um, you'll hear things like portfolio manager who, who primarily manages the investments and does the daily trading, the active tradings and sit in front of the computer all day and so watching stocks, the screen. So stocks. Stocks and, and um, yeah, and other, other types of investments as well. Oh. And then you have, portfolio managers or associate portfolio managers that we say are, are client facing that really uh, manage the relationship. They certainly have to have the skills to look at, uh, especially a client that you're bringing on, look at their portfolio to understand what it's doing. Is it working for them? Is it not working for them? 
but mm-hmm. you know the relationship side and, and helping them with their allocation is a big part of it and then the financial planning aspect of it right investments is one tiny part of the overall relationship and mm-hmm. uh, you know planning and everything else is 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 a part of that as well so your sort of specialty is more on the on the client side where you're planning you have to know about the the investments and the stocks and stuff, but you don't necessarily put those portfolios together or those those groups of funds, I guess you'd call them. Yeah, that's correct. We have some some highly skilled, highly qualified people that are that are managing the the, the day in day out of those portfolios. We yeah. certainly have some input. We'll take input from our clients on what they're thinking and and uh, you know what they kind of want. It's it's like anything. A lot of us could can be demand driven. You have to get mm-hmm. the right investments. Ultimately, you got to make sure you're looking after the client and getting the right returns uh, for them and for their long-term plans. And depending on level of risk and stuff for the yeah, client. Yeah, level of risk. So Someone double our age, would you want more lower risk, risk than someone our age? Yeah, so that's 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 one thing that's interesting. That age can be a misconception on, on risk. You can have a, an older client that have, has a high risk tolerance. And if, yeah, for sure. if they have that capacity and that ability to do so, then it, then it's okay. You certainly take age into, into account. It's, Again, it's one of many things you take into account when you're mm-hmm. when you're trying to do the portfolio and, and manage their long term investments. Nice. Why are you passionate about about your job? Yeah, I'd say the biggest thing about that is is helping helping people. Um, when you can explain something to someone in a way that makes them understand and and mm-hmm. gets them to take action on something and, and, and they do it and it works out. I mean, it should be working out. We're, we're giving advice where everything should be working out. Yeah, for sure. Uh, that's, that's really gratifying. That's really gratifying when, when you're able to help them and help them through, you know, maybe a tough situation, maybe a situation they don't understand, but ultimately get them to that other side and, and they're, they're really happy uh, getting there. And ultimately that's why they come to you. And that could look a lot of different ways. Like someone that has made a portfolio somewhere else that's not performing well, or maybe someone younger or older, I guess, that doesn't have any investments at all and realizes mm-hmm. that they need to start investing to yeah. save for the future or the retirement. Or Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're, like I said, the investments or the returns are one thing, but it's really that advice piece and that relationship. If they're not getting somewhere else, they're, they're, that's really the biggest driver and why they're coming to you. And then so we feel that importance that we gotta we got to execute on that and we got to make that relationship strong and really give them the solid advice. Yeah. What is the most common thing that people want when they come in? Is it, is it retirement? Is it to save up for a house? Is it for like, yeah, a lot of it's different. Sometimes, or, do they, or do they know? Even? Yeah. That's, that's one thing. Sometimes they have a tough time articulating it. So that's where you have to ask the right questions and truly understand what they want. A lot of people, if they're, if they're considering moving, they're going to come to you and say, well, I'm not getting the good returns over there. But then when you ask a few more questions, you start to understand, well, really, it's, it's something else. It's something deeper than just returns. Mm-hmm. So it's really just trying to ask those, those good questions. I wouldn't say, you know, retirement's one of them, right? I mean, retirement's certainly a big one, but there's, there's, a lot, there's a lot more steps involved before you get to retirement and a lot more other goals you want to accomplish before you get to that retirement. Yeah, for sure. So teaching them where they need to be along the way, mm-hmm. of course, which I could always learn something about as well, I'm sure. Uh, so you talked about when you went to Elitis, you upgraded to a associate portfolio manager. 
Before that, you were doing the same sort of thing, just not as a high, as high of a level, sort of. Yeah, I would I would probably say, and it takes time. You know, part of part of our licenses and accreditations are our work experience, and as it should be, right? It's one thing to do the 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 tests and the exams and and get that side of it, but really, it's not it's not until you you're in that seat and you're actually dealing with a human being in front of you where you really start to learn what's going on. So, yeah, it's, it's just been really from from the start of my career in the financial industry, just just taking that step forward and, and always trying to learn and take take the courses keep up with the education keep up with the, what's going on in the industry and then mm-hmm. yeah that's where you 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 um, end up moving up the ladder on the on the education side and the accreditation side constantly learning mm-hmm. before you did any sort of asset management i guess mm-hmm. you, was that what you'd call it yeah. what what did you do before that as a career i was um so I've always been interested in the the financial side of it, uh, but right out of high school, just kind of did. I was I did some landscaping in Campbell River. I yeah. worked as a server bartender at Moxie's. I even was a bartender at the Voodoo Lounge for a little bit. Nice. So, uh, but while I was doing those, I was taking some uh, some courses in the financial industry, kind of thinking that you know once I settle down, I'm ready to have a career. That's probably the, the way I'd go. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. So it was sort of something that you're leading up to for quite a while. Yeah. Probably the. Um, you know why why the passion now is to help help clients but really what drove me towards that was the um the stock trading side of things i always found an interest in that and even from a young age was kind of following yeah. the markets even though i didn't understand them uh, i thought oh, that, that would be an interesting job um even now i would be uh you know if, if part of my day would be trading stocks on a daily basis, I would, I would be pretty happy with that. Yeah. yeah. So diversifying a little bit yeah. for sure. Yeah. If you had the time, the time and the money. Maybe. Ta- and, yeah. Time, <laughs> money, uh, and, and, um, and it just, it takes a lot of time to do research if you're going to be doing day to day trading. Yeah, so for sure. So time is probably the biggest aspect of it. Right. And the capital as well. I mean, you, it'd be pretty tough to start out with a thousand dollars and be able to survive off of that by trading that thousand dollars. For sure. I, uh, I had, a, I had a bunch of high-risk RSPs from Fort Mac and stuff yeah. when I was a mechanic up there, but I bought $1,000 worth of stock, so it's a, you probably heard of it, but they take, he's been doing it for a long time, he's quite a bit older than me, has yeah. some money and stuff, and is quite knowledgeable on it, but takes, he, I think they have to invest a certain amount themselves, and then they get enough from family and friends, and basically only $1,000 each person, and you get 10, 10 cents a stock, so you buy 10,000 stocks or whatever, okay. and they create a corporation take it public and then they go buy into like another company. Like they search out these other companies okay. that are big enough that they could go public, but can't quite afford to go public and they yeah. merge. Yeah. I don't know what that's called, but I bought a thousand dollars worth of stocks into that a while ago. Just, yeah. just money, money you could throw away. Right. Yeah. And then it went public and it goes to a dollar, yeah. but then all depends how well they run that company. Yeah. Once they take it over. And you still have ownership in that. Yeah. 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 High risk, obviously. So yeah. we'll see how it does. Has it done? How long have you been in it? Uh, it's, I don't even know if it's been a year. Oh, okay. okay. It's just sort of went public. Yeah, that's right? interesting. They're still I, merging with the company. Yeah, that's interesting. I haven't uh, haven't heard of that concept. So. No, he's been doing it for a long time, oh. and the company they took over was like uh, something to do with the cannabis industry, right? So yeah. Production. Yeah, uh, very interesting. So an interesting field that's sort of changing in, in our industries lately and progressing, yeah. right? So yeah, We'll absolutely. see how it does, but yeah, high people risk. People always find a, uh, if, if there's a way to make money, people will certainly try it. Yeah, sure. totally. So we'll see. But they, it's kind of like going to the casino, right? It's money you can throw away. It's not the same yeah. as what you guys do, where that's, it's lower risk, Yeah, that's right? the important thing. If you want to if you want to buy a, a penny stock or something like that, yeah. do high risk. Just assume you're losing the money. And if, yeah. if you're okay with that, then, you know, 
fly at it but yeah that's completely different from from what we do yeah no sure. totally yeah. of course i just thought it was interesting yeah it's no sort of this, interesting. it's about stock right yeah but, that is and i don't even fully understand yeah. it but it's that's, an, that's an interesting uh, sort of business <laughs> idea we'll see where it goes maybe i'll get lucky <laughs> turn it into a million where were we here is there anything that you wish you had known before starting out as an associate portfolio manager? I'm sure we all wish we had known more, but yeah, I think that's a general wish for, for life, I guess. Um, I, I don't think so. I think maybe I would have done things a little bit differently. Maybe, uh, um, you know, take more courses, get a little bit more experience in it and, and get that accreditation a little bit earlier. Yeah. Um, obviously with the associate portfolio manager, the next step up would be portfolio manager. So probably just expediting that process a little bit more would have been something. Right. Have so to become, time. to become portfolio manager, is there more training and stuff? Uh, <laughs> basically right now it's really more experience at this experience, point. So it's really, you know, looking at the portfolios and, and, and having, um, not necessarily a say on it, but understanding how, how and, and doing research and, and things like that to get that experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. Which I think a lot of this, I mean, real estate's a perfect example. You do your real estate course and 99% of it doesn't apply to the real yeah. world, right? <laughs> so a lot of it's hands-on and just learning as you go and learning from other people, right? Yeah, yeah. For sure. What would you say is the most challenging aspect of being an associate portfolio manager? Ah, oh, the most challenging aspect. Um, I wouldn't say it happens a lot, but when you, you know, when you're with a client and you're offering advice that you know would really help them and, and they're just not engaged and they don't want to, don't want to take that. So, um, that, that's challenging. Now, it, you know, it doesn't happen a lot. Like because, it's not clicking sort of. Yeah, it's not clicking. And that's, that's not, that's certainly not all on the client. That's on, on us as well as the, mm -hmm. as the relationship manager that we're not doing our job and portraying a, a big enough benefit for the client at that point. So, you know, it's not a, it's, I wouldn't say it's a huge challenge, but it's, um, it's, it's a little bit of a challenge for sure. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. What is your greatest accomplishment in your career? Um, or have you reached it yet? Yeah, I mean, I certainly hope I haven't reached it. I mean, that's <laughs> <laughs> that's the point. I mean, you're just always try to try to get better and try to learn and try to do things more efficiently. And yeah, and, um, yeah certainly at, at this point, I, I hope I haven't reached it. But um, making the move to Elitis was probably a big yeah, one. Yeah, that was a that was a really big one. That one. Um, I remember it was kind of up in the air on, oh, is this a good decision? Is it, is it not a good decision? You never know until you actually get there, right? And then that's, yeah, that's sure. in, in hindsight, I was like, okay, yeah, this was really <laughs> a really, really good decision. So I was happy that worked out for sure. Yeah, it's good. The grass isn't always greener on the, greener on the other side, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, I just switched companies as well. and uh, Yeah, exactly. You always wonder, but I think it makes makes sense for me too and it's yes. sort of the way of the future and stuff so, so there's always that trepidation going into it right and uh, yeah, anxiety in a bit and um you know ultimately if it's the wrong one you, you learn from it and then you move on but uh, yeah totally but a lot of times you know you put enough thought into it and it, it, it turns out to be the right decision whether you move on or you <laughs> stay where you are mm -hmm. learn from our mistakes that's a huge one for sure mm -hmm. uh so do you, I guess the first question to change this a little bit is, as a company, do you guys market yourself or are you kind of like me where you're self-marketing? Uh, for, for us, it's more as of a company 
wide marketing. Uh, yeah. So we have a marketing division that certainly uh, does that, uh, helps us out with that, and it, it'll it'll get it'll get down to individual people at our firm for sure. Mm-hmm. But it's really getting the brand of Elitis out there, and, and you know, for us, uh, that's that's really the most important part of it. We want a client, like you know, if a client comes in and we're just not the right fit they may be a right fit for someone else. So mm-hmm. that's where we want to get the brand of Elitis out there because we're really passionate about what we do. And if I'm not the right fit, I certainly know one of my colleagues uh, is going to be. Right. Sure. So you want to be able to understand that and accept that, I guess. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess it would come like, they, so they do the marketing, but then you obviously also provide value that hopefully in turn a lot of people coming back to you. Absolutely. And referring people to you and stuff like that, right? Absolutely. Which is sort of similar to us. Yeah. So from a, you probably don't know as much about what they do for marketing, but do they, do you know if they use Facebook and stuff like that? Like what kind of marketing they do? Yeah, we do. I mean, it's something that, uh, that we've been certainly getting better at now that we've, you know, sort of built out our marketing department uh, mm-hmm. from where it used to be. Uh, Facebook, for sure. We've got a Facebook page. We have an Instagram page. I don't know how much activity is going on that, but LinkedIn uh, is a big one uh, for us. And actually, uh, we're starting to get a lot more content out on our YouTube channel as well. Okay, interesting. So it's really about, um, you know, again, getting that brand awareness out there. And if, if it a drive traffic to our website, and then from our website, that's where you can access all that information. The different points, yeah. yeah. So similar, like this, this is on Facebook Live, but... I'll put it on YouTube and then I'll also put it on my podcast, Andy Social Rewind, right? Yeah, exactly. So exactly. What are your long-term goals? Uh, long-term goals. I, you know, like I said before, just continuing on that path of growth and, and education and, and learning and uh, just trying to become a, a better advisor really overall. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously ambitions of, of uh, moving up and, in the, you know, managerial role or whatever it may be whatever yeah. whatever comes out you know right just just try to take the opportunities as they come and, and be open to them mm-hmm. i wonder i mean a lot of industries you see a lot of people starting to retire right now like especially was well, a mechanic before so a lot of and i think even as realtor a lot of the realtors are older right yeah so i'm just assuming your industry as well there's going to be a lot of opportunities there as people retire yeah absolutely out, right? that's that's actually uh, an issue that the industry is facing right now an so, issue yeah it could yeah, be an issue for it, sure. it is and it's um and and uh yeah it's something that's that the industry is trying to address because absolutely there's going to be there's more people retiring mm-hmm. in the industry that are coming up and, and where do you get those people from exactly so you still need you, you Clients still need to be looked after, right? Yeah. And not and not just at a entry level area, right? You're having these twenty and thirty year veteran advisors that are advising. I mean, it's it's mm-hmm. tough to pass off a client to someone who's just entering the industry, right? So there's got to be that transition period where you have a young person working with an older advisor and some sort of plan to transition. Yeah, smoothly. Over, yeah. yeah, interesting. Mm-hmm. Do you have uh, do you have any tips for someone who's interested in becoming an associate portfolio manager? Yeah, I would say uh, there's a few uh, standard courses you can take without actually being in the industry. Uh, the Canadian Securities course is probably the the biggest one when you're starting out. Once you have that, that kind of opens up a lot of doors, and that 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 gets you to working in the in the financial sector. And then from there, it's just really exploring which route do you want to go? Do you want to be a client-facing advisor? Do you want to be just strictly looking after um, the investments? So there's, it's really get that one course under your belt, and then that opens 
quite a few doors for entry level positions. So would that be like a prerequisite for before you can get a job, or uh, it depends on where you go. Like I, I don't believe it's a prerequisite. Like if you're going to be a teller at a bank. Right. Um, however, if you're going to be a, a client facing uh, like service rep at a bank, then you're going to need that for sure. Right. Before, yeah. so if you want to start sort of higher up on the total pole, then best to have that first, right? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um. So these are some more sort of funny questions, but backing up to real estate, um, mm -hmm. you do own your own home, right? Absolutely. Do you have any investment properties or any plans of purchasing any investment properties or I, anything like that? Yeah, I don't. I don't currently have any investment. Uh, properties but absolutely that would be a, a plan of yeah. mine I mean we, part of our business is um, is we uh, invest in private real estate so I, I see huge value in that uh, so, so is that, that through that's through a REIT like a real estate investment trust yeah so we've created our own real estate investment trust that we partner with developers so we're not the developer by any means but we partner with those people skilled in that area um, and we uh, invest our clients money in that and they develop and we partake in, in the return in the and, and in the income. So I've certainly seen it to uh, very decent success. So that is something either either I, um, you know, when I have the capital, you, I have money in our real estate investment trust as well. But it's also something I'm interested in and in having uh, some hands on, yeah, hands on, yeah, type of stuff. Yeah, awesome. I. Uh... It's interesting the way the world's going, like with uh, blockchain technology mm -hmm. and um, cryptocurrency and stuff. And there's actually people out there now that you can go purchase like little tiny pieces of shares of a real estate investment. Like I didn't even know somewhere I think it was always like ten to hundred dollars or something, hundred dollars yeah. minimum. Yeah. Into a real estate investment without actually having to buy the piece of property, right? Which is yeah. similar to a real estate investment trust, right? Yeah. They can invest into it into a. a development like you're saying or an investment property or something yeah absolutely through you and yeah. get the return without having to yeah put up the half a million or the million or the 10 million dollars yeah. right to do it yeah you're certainly uh, reducing reducing your risk of it at that point for sure yeah so yeah. It's, it's quite interesting yeah. and then i think you can also like could could if i was an investor like i know a few people that are high up as a first real estate investment mm -hmm. department buildings and stuff and they will they will take people's money or how do they do it I think they'll take. I think they take their presentations and go to the corporations that have the money. Yep. And, and do presentations and try to get it. Can yeah. someone do that to something like you guys? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, there's there's forums that uh, we attend um, because um, you know as 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 you get more money that comes in, you want to you want to you want to make sure you're diversified. Um, mm -hmm. So you we certainly have our partners that we really like and have done really good stuff for us. But yeah, as, as more money comes in the door, for sure you need to you need to make sure you have that pipeline open. I mean, ultimately yeah, ultimately we're here for the clients, right? Yeah. So we need to make sure we're diversified enough that um, you know we we want a good risk adjusted returns. That's for sure. And yeah, part totally. of that is is diversifying a portfolio. So yeah, there's forums out there where people will do presentations and and mm -hmm. say you know I have this this building do you guys want to be a part investor for sure yeah and then that's where our investment committee comes in and really gets down and looks at the picks numbers them apart and, yeah absolutely <laughs> do yeah. they have to be accredited or anything or will you just look at it on a case-to-case -case basis or um like the does the the real estate developer have yeah to the developer or the investor no. uh, there's uh, i don't know what accreditations would need to be there i mean that would yeah. be for my investment committee to to determine but yeah there's i mean literally we pick them apart yeah um and and really you try to find a way 
why you don't want to invest with them yeah. and when you can't find any more reasons then that's when you know you have a good uh, a good good solid partner solid basically partner, yeah. that's what they are yeah. really as a partner right yeah exactly a partner for your mm-hmm. your investors right yeah awesome sorry that was a little off track but i just thought it was no, an interesting yeah. thing to talk about that i i don't have a lot of experience in but it's an interesting topic that people might want to hear yeah. about um, so if you had to be shipwrecked on a deserted island, <laughs> but all your human needs, such as food and water, were taken care of, what two items would you want to have with you? Do items include people? <clears throat> mm. No. <laughs> I would need... Maybe, but don't you got two kids and a wife? So you better not yeah, even go there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's only two not, items. Better not go there. <laughs> I, uh, Let's assume that they're with yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would certainly need some, uh, some sports equipment. Sports equipment. Yeah, I would like. You, you only know, get two though. Oh, well, I just, that's like I can't generalize there. The ball and the glove, or yeah, the, maybe, the hockey uh, stick and the puck. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess you can. If I was crafty, I could start building that stuff out of whatever's that's on true. the island, right? Hopefully, the shipwreck is there with you. Um, yeah, you you need something to kind of pass the time, so that's some, something like that would would be something that I would need. That's yeah, something sure. and something for entertainment. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, what did you want to be when you grew up? Uh, I would love to be playing in the NHL right now, but uh, I'm <laughs> did you try? Not. I, you know, I, I I played hockey growing up. I, yeah. I obviously didn't have the, the skill or the talent, or maybe it's the work ethic. I don't know. Probably better off not even trying to go there because yeah, you end up halfway there and then you break something or something. And yeah. done. And so yeah, I, you know, a professional athlete would have been uh, that's that would still be a. a, a, a but still, I'd love to do that. Yeah. Um, like I said before, though, like the, uh, um, the stock markets have always interested me. So still something along the, that line as well. So, so that's still possible, right? Yeah, that's that's still possible. Still living the dream on that. <laughs> Climb up the ladder and get there. Um, yeah. If you could choose only one song to play every time you walked into yeah. a room for the rest of your life, what would it be? Oh, that's, uh, that's a tough one. All you can hear is a song over and over. Yeah. I don't know, you know, some, some songs that get me pumped. Thunderstruck by ACDC. It gets, well, gets go. me going one. for sure. And uh, It's a hockey um, song. Yeah, it's a good hockey song. And, you know, Bohemian Rhapsody, that's a good one as well. Classic, you know, just those. Yeah. <laughs> probably a lot cool. of people say those ones, right? Uh, what did I get? Rod said Tupac, I think. Oh, yeah. I can't remember any other ones. Yeah, Rod, uh, so, little story here. Me and Rod play on the same hockey team. And oh, yeah, nice. Uh, Pick each other up once in a while, yep. And uh, yeah, when he'll pick me up once in a while, he'll just be blasting the rap, whether it's Eminem or Tupac or something like that. So that gets us going. That's the generation. What superpower would you most like to have? I would probably say flying would be the superpower. That's a good one. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Uh, Is there anything that I shouldn't ask, should have asked you, but didn't? Um... Yeah, I, don't, I figured we would have got into uh, religious and political beliefs at some point. Right? <laughs> if you want. Uh, just kidding, though. We can go there. No, no, no. no I'll get I'll get uh, You got to be careful. That's a touchy subject. Uh, yeah, that's true. That's Speaking true. of political, I even brought this up at the last Toastmasters meeting. And yeah. only, the only one thing I'll say is it's crazy how we're in a, we're in a what do they call it, a global or a global warming crisis or emergency, yeah. and now the election's over and there's not a peep of it. Yeah. I find that kind of dissatisfying, I guess. Yeah, I think, you know what? <laughs> yes. Sure, let's talk about it a little bit. I think, unfortunately... Wait, you got a minute. No. Yeah, what, what we, you know, what we get fed through the media is is uh, exactly that. I mean, you know, I think a 
a lot of the times the media is there for entertainment and when it's no longer the top story it's not there obviously it's still happening yeah. um but that's no longer the top story so right now what do, i mean we got we got especially on my side of things we got the trade deals between uh, north america what's going on with china what's going on with the, the trump impeachment so i think there's other things that are just uh more saleable in the media right now than, yeah than climate uh, change and i you know it'll come back at some point for sure but it will but not even the media it was actual politicians right yeah they, they should still be dealing doing stuff with it if it was uh, but i don't know yeah maybe the people that got in don't right yeah <laughs> don't care as much maybe, maybe it wasn't them maybe was there there yeah i don't know i can't uh, comment too much on that i'm guilty side. i don't follow that stuff enough i don't follow politics i don't follow news enough and i think i think it's a positive and a negative thing because i think yeah it keeps a lot of bullshit out of your head but it also when election time comes it's nice to have been paying attention a little bit throughout the year right yeah like, it is or... same thing though i mean if if you know i i'm more of the mindset if if say you don't know who you're voting for <clears throat> try to do the actual research and try to get the unbiased opinions and, and formulate the idea for yourself rather than just listening to the rhetoric out there or, or yeah, going totally. on Facebook and, and um, you know, if you truly want to understand what a party's all about, then you got to get on their site. You got to get on some unbiased sites that are just telling you the facts. And, and I mm -hmm. think that's more important than listening to what we constantly get barraged with. What day. each party's actually saying. Yeah. That is what I did this year. There was like, mm -hmm. there were some things that had lists of each party and, Hopefully they're legit. <laughs> yeah. What each party had to offer, yeah. right? Yeah. So last question is, do you have anyone uh, that you'd recommend for me to interview next? Or not next, but in the future? Yeah, I don't know. Like we had a conversation earlier. I've, I haven't been, I've only been following your page for a little bit on Facebook. So I, didn't, I, I don't know. I know you've obviously uh, uh, spoke with Rod there. Mm -hmm. um, you know, keeping with politics, maybe you could get... Uh, Rachel or, or Claire to do an interview. Or there you go, like Rachel that. Blaney. Yeah, 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 that might be a good one. I interviewed her friend Tara. So okay, maybe, uh, there you go. So that would that would be a good one. That maybe, could be pretty um, political for me. Yeah, that, that's Rachel. Okay. Who did you say, Claire? Yeah, Claire, the governor, uh, whatever. Yeah, the the MLA for Campbell River. What about have you done? Uh, I don't know, maybe like the fire chief or uh no that's a good one head of the police or something like that or the mayor maybe i got the mayor's on my list okay. he is on my list yeah. to do one day yeah i don't know uh i don't know if he'd go for it he might be too busy but i think he'd be a good one for sure he's never too busy for his citizens <laughs> yeah that's true <laughs> now that i get a little more comfortable i've got a few under my belt i might be more comfortable doing something yeah. like him there you go gurdip sadhu i might i'm trying to get a hold of him and touch base with him to do one so yeah. he'd be a good one what about uh have you done dan acres no i haven't done dan acres property management yeah well what about uh i did paul uh, johnson oh, okay yeah that'll be good he was a good one. How about Chris Mailman? No, he'd be a good one too, though. Yeah, I think he might be on my list. But... Yeah. Which one, the young one or the old one? Which one could I get? I've never met. I've never met the senior Chris Mailman. I know the younger one from the gym a little yeah, bit. Yeah, Chris. I don't know senior that well. Chris, uh, um, younger one is he's a, he's a good guy. Yeah, for sure. sure he'd, be, he'd be a good one for sure. Probably got some value that. Awesome. Well, thank yeah. you, sir. Appreciate thank it. Thank you very much. Appreciate and, uh, you having me. No problem. If I can hit the finish button. <laughs> Thanks for watching, everyone.